Steam locomotives were some of the most powerful machines ever built. They pulled trains that fueled our imagination. They represented vision, collaboration, ingenuity, customer service, and extraordinary human achievement. But in order to get to their destination, it took someone guiding them through a series of switches in order to get to the main line. Just like leaders today, it takes someone directing them down the right path in order to get to their destination. Welcome to Mainline Executive Coaching ACT, which stands for and Cultural Transformation, hosted by Master Certified Intelligent Leadership Executive Coaches, Michael Bailey and Rich Barron. With over 50 years of successful cultural transformation and quantum leadership development between them. Once again, thanks for joining us and enjoy today's show. Good afternoon, everybody. Thanks for joining us today. We've got an exciting show for you. I'm here with Rich Barron. I'm Michael Bailey, and we are Mainline Leadership Coaching, Executive Coaching, ACT. That is who we are. That is what we do. We've got an exciting guest with us today, Tim Roper. We're going to be talking about something that's vital in leadership, especially leadership that leads in a way that culture is excited, motivated, and healthy. And it is this topic of character. Character, we're looking at this notion of character is your destiny. Character is your dis- destiny. How, so we let's kind of put this in context. There is your personality. Everyone is born with a personality. How we grow that and develop that for the good or for the ill is our character. And I'd like to just touch on one thing here really quickly. This is something that Jordan Peterson talks a lot about in terms of personality. He talks about these five types of personality. And we're going to look at these real quickly. And then we'll go into the character development. Number one, there's openness. People that are just open. They just talk to you. They're just wanting to share with you whatever's going on with you. They're just friendly and open people. Others are conscientious. Those are the people that are really like they're paying attention and they want to do a really good job and they're watching the details. They're, they're just really in it. They really mean to do well. And so they're conscientious about what it is that they do well. There are those people that are extroverts. They're just outgoing. They just you know love people and they're expressing themselves. They're outgoing. There's those kinds of people. Then there are the people who are just agreeable. You know, pretty much whatever you want to do, that's okay with them. You know, they're kind of the people pleasers. And then finally, there's what's called neuroticism. There, it's, it's kind of sad to say that there is a trait in our personality that can kind of lend us towards uh, becoming kind of neurotic or a little mentally ill or sometimes a lot mentally ill. And when you take a look at, well, we talk about the Enneagram leadership styles, those things are all there. We really take a look at it. So when you take a look, I'm just go through this again. Which one of you, which, which of these are you? And then we're going to develop this. Are you a person who's open? Are you a person who's conscientious? Are you a person that's extrovert? Are you a person that's agreeable? Are you a little bit on the crazy side? And the, the crazy isn't necessarily bad. So <laughs> crazy can also be fun, right? Okay, let's be honest. So we got these five things going on. Now let's open it up. Tim, what have you noticed? You're a head of a, an organization, a, a, you are a, a chamber of commerce here in Utah. You're ahead of that. You you're, you do all that kind of stuff. You work with a lot of business people. How have you seen how their character affects 
their businesses and the healthiness of their business, the success of their business, or their demise? Sure, and you, you get it across the board, you, and I, I deal with a lot of craziness, so um, I'm not I'm not 100% in charge, but sometimes I like to think I'm in charge, so I get the big head, and my wife has to remind me to calm down a little bit, but um, this it, this really is a critical component, I think, to, to businesses that I see. Um, those that are willing to put themselves out there, they're willing to risk a little bit of people maybe thinking they, they might be on a little bit on the crazy side um, to put their name out of there. Those are the ones I see that are successful. Um, those that kind of are a little bit back a little bit, uh, maybe a little bit more introverted. Um, it, they do struggle with it, right? They um, It's a little bit harder for them to get up in a networking group and even give a 30 second commercial Um to do that. But I also think it's something that can be overcome with a lot of practice and, um, and a little bit of courage to um, get yourself out there and, and talk to other people. It's interesting that these five traits or personalities, the two that are most have the greatest plasticity, meaning that you can change them. You can, you can learn how to go beyond being uh, closed off or kind of that way or introverted. The two are are openness and extroversion. So you're right. If you're not quite as open, you can learn how to be open. You're not quite as expressive or extroverted. You can learn how to do those things. So those are really, if you're you're feeling a little shy, feeling a little bit inward, don't worry about it. It's a practice kind of a thing. It really is. The other three are kind of the way they are. (laughs) Just stuck like that. So, So what's your take on this, Rich? How are these things connected to the destiny of your of your your business again how you lead you know it's it's interesting i you know i i, I look at character like say you pick this nice juicy red apple off a tree and from all outside appearances this thing's perfect until you take a bite in it and look and half the worm's been you know worm's been bitten half type thing you know, so really character, if you scratch the surface of who we are, that's where you start to find, you know, our character. Um, Martin Luther King, in his dream speech, you know, remember what part of that he said was uh, he has a dream that someday his four children will be judged not by the, the color of their skin, but the content of their character. And really, so when we, we, we look at leaders you know, and sometimes we see from outside appearances. Oh, we assume that, you know, these people are in a leadership position that, you know, they've obviously have a lot of integrity or, you know, wherewithal to get them there. But that can't always be, that's not always the case. Um, you know, there was a, there was a study done, uh, world leaders over the past 150 years. And it determined that leaders and managers who possess strong character not only create a better business or have created a better business, but they've, you know, their legacy has created a better world for everyone, for all of us, you know, better uh, path for everyone. So character and leadership is absolutely, absolutely important. It's your integrity, um, your, your follow through, your willingness to do what you say. But on the other hand, you know, your character can be one of, if I'm in it for myself. You know, I'm really, I've got this title. I've earned this title. This is who I am. And, you know, that goes into a lot of different directions. That whole, um, 
overconfidence effect and some of the things that we've talked about in the past. But, you know, character, I think, defines everything about leadership. It determines our habits. Our habits determine our future, determines our destiny. Um, you know, there's there's one thing I, I wanted to say. I, you know, talking with someone earlier, uh, yeah, very interesting outlook on that. And he, he mentioned something. He said every single organization is one person away from becoming dysfunctional. And that can become because of character. That can be lack of training, lack of development, or simply, you know, one of these five things you've talked about. You know, they, they haven't developed those things. But it, it's true. There's, you know, organizations are, you know, the leadership is made up of a group of people. And it's true that that's, you know, if we have a bad apple in the bunch, that can define what's going to happen, that character. It's an interesting thing. Studies have been done that the people who get the promotions, that get the raises, tend to be um, disagreeable. Yeah, because they're the squeaky wheel kind of a thing. Uh, how does that work out for them long term? We also know that over the last, what is it, 25, 25 20 years or so, that the, the uh, percentage of narcissists in CEO positions or, or, or C-level positions has doubled. Isn't it? It's been like doubled, right? Is that right, Rich? I mean, yeah, it, it has, and we've 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 talked about that. But I, I'm going to turn this back to Tim for a second. I got a question. You know, not only in in C-level positions or whatever, but you've been in in city and and county uh, governance for quite a while. Matter of, matter of fact, I'll, I'll let you talk about what what you're doing right now, but. What have you seen as, as far as leadership in, in that kind of area where you've seen the character could be, you know, either flawed or, you know, having issues or, or help help the general public? You know, that's a that's a great question, because those who so I serve on my city council, I've um, been doing this for about five years and I'm currently up for reelection uh, this year. Um, but, you know. I started off in this and I had a great mayor pulled me into his office and said, don't be the bull in the China shop. And um, I took that to heart because you can't come in thinking that you're going to blow everything up, change everything all at once um, just because you believe one way or another. And so that made me really take a step back and think, Hey, maybe my, my protest vote or, you know, kicking against everything isn't the best way to go here and to listen to everybody else's, um, opinions, their viewpoints, and maybe there's a different angle we can take it in here. I was introduced to a good word a few years ago of dichotomies, and there's dichotomies everywhere, and I think that comes with character as well. You need to find a balance in your life um, between all this. In fact, when I took my job at the Davis um, Chamber of Commerce, I was asked, are you extroverted or introverted? And I said, well, I like to think of myself right in the middle. You know, I, I've learned to be able to take a step back once in a while and listen, but I also don't mind taking that step forward and um, being the leader, getting out in front of a group and presenting and um, and discussing that. And I think that's where you get a lot of conflicts. And I hear about this from other cities is their city councils hate each other and they yell at each other and fight, and can't ever come to a decision. And I say, well, my city council isn't like this. We actually went through the... Um, five dysfunctions of a team as a city council and just learned how we can work together. How can we all get buy-in into this vision that we all seem to want, but we all kind of want a different route to that path, to that 
end game there. But, you know, let's all, you know, put our biases aside. Let's, you know, just, you know, be uncomfortable every once in a while and have those tough discussions about the elephant in the room. And we've learned that we've gotten a lot more done than you could have by all of us just bickering with each other. So when you were working through your your group of people there in chamber, did you find that there were some people that tended to be more disagreeable than others just by nature? Were there some people that were maybe more self-absorbed than other people? Well, how did you start you know, dealing with yeah. those kind of difficult or people, for instance, overly agreeable? I mean, they're agreeing to everything, but they agree yeah. to this person and they agree with that person. How did you start working that out so that there was real genuine involvement? Uh, the way we worked that out was calling people out and forcing them to give their real opinion. If that person was maybe a little too agreeable, maybe forcing them to say their opinions more upfront so that they didn't hear what everybody's viewpoints are and help them to kind of develop their own strategy of how they can express their viewpoints a little bit more. Or that person that isn't as agreeable, forcing them to, you know, calling them out to, um, you know, share a little bit more, clarify a little bit more and asking those direct questions of, hey, can you clarify a little bit more about why you feel that way? Um, and what we ended up with was less sidebar conversations outside of our meetings. And I've seen this in other organizations I've been a part of. Yeah. You end up with less sidebar conversations walking out with, oh, so-and-so said this and that, or they didn't say anything. You've got to stay in that room until everybody's expressed their viewpoints and everybody's had buy-in. And then you get to, you know, making that, that decision. Even if it's a decision that I may not agree with, I'm more likely to stand behind that because um, I was able to just express my views and my maybe my issues with something, um, which I think comes down to character as well of, you know, you know, being able to, to be a little bit more of a people person and listen and just, it, like I said, don't be that bull in the china shop. You know, that's very true because uh, those sidebars, that politicking that can go on outside, you know, we're all in agreement. And then you go outside and then all that kind of stuff starts to happen outside the room. That can be very destructive. It can be very detrimental. And it can start letting you uh, be aware of who are the people that say they're helping, but they really have their own agenda going on here. That's what really, really is going on here. And so um, when you take a look at it, let's go back and tie this back into this idea of character is your destiny. And so by changing, helping people to step up their character, and character is based upon value. It's based upon principle. It's not just what I want or how I tend to work. There's something above that, like this is what we really value. These are the principles by which we operate. Everybody is raised in that ship in terms of their character, in terms of their integrity, in terms of working in principled ways. Would you agree? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, characters are authentic characters are truly they are what they believe in you know they they've got this character they 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 know what their values are they can show consistency in their values their ethical reasoning if you will in actions you know they develop positive psychological states such as confidence optimism hope resilience all these things that show you know good good character towards being a leader um 
all those things, if you have a belief system, if you believe in who you are and you, you're true to yourself, that truly is what character is. You know, I've heard it said that character is what, who we are when no one's watching, uh, essentially. So all these things are going to determine your destiny. I mean, eventually, like you were saying, Tim and, and, and Michael, you know, we can we can put up this front in front of whoever. You know, what some of them call the imposter syndrome. We can, you know, not, not let people in, but it's when you really show your true colors. Maybe outside the arena or, you know, behind the behind closed doors is where your true character starts starts coming in. You can, and Tim, sounds like you were a good, a good coach with some of these folks, you know, getting them to, that vulnerable decision and, you know, having the courage to kind of tell them, tell people what they really feel. And that takes that takes a lot. It takes a lot of doing. But again, um, developing your beliefs and understanding how your beliefs impact everything else you do is absolutely vital. A lot of people don't understand that. They don't understand that the, the you know, nuances of what people see of you is really your character shining through. I had a great mentor once who made me develop this matrix of my qualities and what that means to myself, what that means to you know, the team that I was overseeing at the time. And it really made me take a hard look of that, of, you know, while I, I said, you know, these, it w- and it just wasn't a, a viewpoint of, you know, how I saw myself. I had to go and ask people, hey, how do, how do I do with this certain quality? Um, it was a great exercise to really see where I was really being genuine. Was I being who, you know, in my mind's eye, who I thought I was? And it really, really opens things up to hear other people's viewpoints on on your character. It really does. You you talk- know, Michael, I, I've got to ask you something, Michael. You know, I'm, I'm going to take this back to the first time I, I met you. Okay. Now you you were doing this this exercise with this group of people. I was in the room, and it had a lot to do with those things I just mentioned: positive psych- psychological states of confidence, optimism, hope, resilience. Now, resilience is the one that you were that day, that very day, I remember that you were talking about and how that, that influences character. What, what can you say about it? I mean, you're, you're obviously a wealth of knowledge in this area. Resiliency is something that you can say that we have a storehouse or we lack that something in a storehouse. The thing that's great about resiliency is that you can practice that immediately. You don't have to get ready to get ready. It's something that's right there before you. There's enough things in our lives that are out of whack, that are out of order, that are incomplete, that if we determine this is a focus, you know, I'm going to go after this. I'm going to keep going after this until I improve it, until I get it done, until I make this thing better. The thing that holds back resiliency is the position of I believe I am a victim. Once I say I believe I'm a victim, then I feel hopeless, I feel powerless, I feel helpless that I can do anything about it. So if you want to really develop resiliency, and this is true for what it is that you went through as well, Tim, people had to give up their re, their, their sense of being a victim. Oh, look at me, they, they said this to me, now, I, now I've been wronged, or they say that I'm wrong, or all this you know victim wrong stuff, and you're now doing this offending me stuff. You have to give it up. Because as you started talking about early on, the sense of a vision. And at some point, maybe we'll bring you back and we'll talk about. So there's this vision of what we all want as an outcome. And what really moves that vision are the values. 
this is these are the values that we operate by and these are the principles and how we do it and it's in that that struggle with each person individually and the group itself that you watch the resiliency kick in some people will kick you out for a while and play the victim then you invite them back in you say talk more about this speak up you're not really saying what it is that you you mean there so the sense of resiliency is a practice in the moment and as you do it in the moment you build up the reserves of resiliency you might say there's a you have a resiliency bank account because as you do that you believe more and more in yourself what you're talking about there rich in terms of confidence in terms of self-determination it's very dynamic it's not a static thing at all it's very dynamic Very good. All right. Let's wrap it up. Tim, thank you so much for being here with us today. I love your experience. I love the way you just are that kind of servant leader. That's tremendous. You're a great example to all of us. So thank, thank you. you very much. Rich, take us home. All righty. Uh, Tim, any last things you want to say before we're done? You want to put in a plug for your <laughs> for your. Hey, I always love free publicity. <laughs> um, you know, I love love the business community and love what we do here. I advocate um, for everyone. Join your local chamber of commerce. It is a great way to build your business. Um, I tell people we're the freeway. Let us know where you want to go, and we'll make those connections for you along the way. So um, you can get more information about our chamber at davischamberofcommerce.com. Um, and I'm always open to answer anybody's questions there. You can um, um, get me at... Um, Tim at davischamberofcommerce.com or um, just email me there and I'm happy to answer anybody else's questions on it. Excellent. Hey, uh, thanks, Tim. Appreciate you being here today. And once again, everybody, we've come to the end of another episode of Mainline Leaders ACT podcast. So remember, ACT and cultural transformation means you have to act. You've got to do something about your, your current state. You've got to do something in order to get to that next level. And that's where we come in. We can help help you get there. So once again, uh, visit us on our website, mainlineleadersactilec.com. And uh, hook up with us and we'll, we'll, uh, we, want to, we want to talk to you, see where we can go. Once again, thank you. Take care, be safe, and we'll see you again next time. Have a great weekend, everybody. All the best. With all of the issues facing leaders and organizations today, you need executive coaching more than ever. Go to our websites, richbarronexecutivecoaching.com or michaelbailey.com. You can also find us both on LinkedIn. Reach out to us and let's sit down and find out just how bright your future can be with executive coaching. We'd also like to thank all of our supporters in over 60 countries and 600 cities worldwide will help to make us one of the top executive coaching podcasts in the world. From Rich Barron and Michael Bailey, this is Mainline Executive Coaching ACT. Thank you and take care.